Monday, everybody, and welcome back to the Couchside Judges. I'm Scott Fontana. Follow me on Twitter at Scott underscore Fontana. And I'm Dan Urban. You can follow me at the Dan Urban. Follow the podcast at Couchside Judges. And you can subscribe to us wherever you listen. And if you like this show, and let's face it, you do, give us a five-star review. And as always, we talk judging and MMA. You should learn the criteria. Head on over to abcboxing.com to read it. Dan, happy President's Day. Happy President's Day. And happy birthday to my father, by the way, who is not okay. listening. He is, he is in no way listening to the show, but happy birthday. Anyway. Does he know about it? Uh, I'm sure I've told him. Okay. Well, happy birthday, Scott's dad. Yeah. That's Bob. Bob Fontana. Happy birthday, Bob. There you go. That's a great name. I love that name, Bob. Well, he chose it because his real name's Robert. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, it helps when you can choose your own name. I mean, if there was a fighter like just Bob. Bob Just versus, Bob. Yeah, just Bob. Be, uh, they'd be the most... Are there, are there any fighters named Bob? I'm, I'm just like, I'm sure there are, but like, who am I missing uh, that I'm not thinking of immediately? Bobby Green. That's that's not Bob. That's Bobby. Yeah, that's true. Um, it's very different. Kebab. No. According to Nate Diaz. Ne- negative. That's that's also not <laughs> Bob. <laughs> no, my my father's not Bobby. He don't. He doesn't like Bobby. Okay. Bob Holly. Bob. <laughs> he can probably hold his own in the cage. I heard he was a tough guy. Isn't he like 50 now? Well, now, yeah, but I mean, steroids are good. How did he do in tough and or uh, what was it called brawl for all? I don't know if he was in it. No, Bart Gunn won that. I'm one. pretty sure he was in it. Was he in it? Yeah, I don't, re- I don't recall all the fights. In fact, wasn't he tag team partners with Bart Gunn at the time? Weren't they like was the he? new Midnight Express or something? Wasn't that what that was? Or am no, I remembering I it wrong? Was Billy Gunn and Bart Gunn were. Uh, no, were well, they, the, that was that was the smoking guns. The right. smoking guns. But yeah. at some point, they were the, Bart Gunn was in the new Midnight Express, and I want to say it was with Bob Holly. I couldn't tell you. I don't. I don't recall that at all. We're, we're doing a lot of not talking about this yeah. most recent UFC <laughs> or Bellator. So why don't we shift back over to that? And and we'll, if we think of a Bob, we'll throw him in. Okay, sounds yeah. good. I'm sure there's one we're missing. Probably an obvious one. Uh, <laughs> Bob Couture. I forgot about him. No. <laughs> but yeah, no. Let, let's. Uh, I think a lot of this is going to be focused on UFC. I mean, there was Bellator too. I don't know how much of you you watched. I turned over. I tuned over after. Uh, the completion of UFC. Uh, we're not going to go into any contested rounds from it, though. But uh, there was one round I was curious how the judges scored it. It, it. it finished early in the second round, but I wasn't really paying attention. I was looking up and down, but it seemed like round one of the fight between uh, you talking about Brendan Ward, Ward and Bell. I was wondering if anyone gave a ten seven because no, okay, no one, no did. ten okay. sevens, unanimous ten eights. That's yeah. Well, I mean, it had to be that because yes. it, it was a total smashing. I just wasn't watching close enough it, to know it if, was, it, if it got to that point. It was unanimous ten eights. I was okay. informed. Yes. Yeah, so. Good. Um, that unfortunately didn't get shared by Bellator's uh, PR account, which they probably is a direct result of my. Uh, I'm gonna we'll call it nudging, but it's really more like annoying uh, to get the scores posted there more frequently, yeah. especially for fights that were like partial fights like that. Mm-hmm. They've been much better. Uh, case in point, they're not always perfect. I don't know if they see the value or care, but I mean. We're kind of, press is record keepers more or less in some ways, so I, I think it's for the record gotta get it out there. Yeah, but uh, I'm I'm glad uh, I was able to get that uh, and find that information out for you, if nobody else. Thank you, <laughs> <laughs> and anyone who's listening to the show. There you go. You got you got full ten eights. Everyone agreed. Everyone was sensible, but no ten seven. Uh, it's hard to get those. <laughs> but uh, yeah, why don't we why don't we get back over a little bit more Bellator later? But we'll we'll circle back to the beginning uh, of what we have on our plan here. UFC. Apex or UFC Vegas 48? 48. Uh, yeah, it's just numbers, whatever. Uh, but I actually was very excited for this main event. It went just about as I had expected it was going to with Jamal Hill uh, getting the knockout win. It was a, it was a straight knockout because, uh, well, Johnny Walker was pretty much knocked out before he fell backward, it looking like he was taking a fadeaway. Yeah, it was, it was like punch out. Uh, you know the one knockout where the guy just flies straight back to the corner? That's what I, I kind of felt like it was. Who was that? It's been a while since I played Punch Out. Um, you can get it from Glass Joe. You can get it from uh the guy with the rose. Uh, the guy with the rose. He, uh, yeah. I think I know who you mean. Um, the name escapes me. Uh, uh, the German guy who's who, who's right after. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can get it with him. Get it with a few guys. I Mike Tyson, I think, it has that knockout animation. Does Mister Dream though? Uh, Probably. I'm pretty sure it's yeah, just they, the palace Yeah, I think walk. they all probably do. Yeah. I think they just changed the, Except changed the uh, sprite. Oh, yeah. Well, that makes sense. Or uh, King Hippo. Oh, of course. Well, they're, I mean, they're big guys. It's a little yeah. different. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but Jamal Hill uh, is neither Glass Joe, nor is he uh, 
Is he Lil Mac or any of those? He's, in my opinion, he's someone, and I think a lot of people are starting to come around to this, which I feel like I was an early adopter on. I think I've been very high on Jamal Hill uh, going back yeah. to like end of twenty nine and twenty twenty. Going into the Paul Craig fight, we were we were kind of very high on. Mm-hmm. Him. I think so. Mm-hmm. Um, and I made the point to reach out and interview him last year before that fight, just because I he seemed like somebody was going places. I thought he was an interesting guy to talk to, and hadn't gotten as much from him. So I was glad to, he gave me a lot of time uh, to speak with him, get to know him a little bit uh, for a story. But he, I mean, what can we say? His hands are amazing, right? So this is a guy who's going places. He's I power. think he's he's most definitely going to challenge for the belt at some point. You know, I, I think it would take something catastrophic to throw him off the track to get to there. I'm not saying he's, you know, one win array away or anything like that because, you know, the Paul Craig loss was fairly recent. I don't think you can leapfrog Paul Craig no. just off of this win, even though it's a, it's probably a, a better win than anything Paul Craig has ever done, realistically. Um, but, you know, let's say Craig still keeps going and, and he's able to. I, I think he ought to have bragging rights to that, depending on how he does, because he's, he's a charismatic, interesting character, too. So, But... Here's the question I have for you. How soon do you think you could see Jamal Hill challenging for that title at 205 pounds? Uh, possibly early next year, I'd say. Probably two wins, maybe, I'd say. You think two wins? Okay. I'm going to go with... Depend- I mean, obviously, it depends yeah. who he gets, but... Yeah. yeah. Listen, and and I, how the how yeah. the uh, championship structure, I suppose, goes. Yeah. Uh, uh, Spencer Kite started a new podcast, which he does on his newsletter, and I listen to that after every uh, event. He Shout out to Spencer. Out. Puts it out Sunday morning. He had a good good point. He said, no, I think Anthony Smith is who makes the most sense. You know what? I like that, too. I, I had seen that. It might have been from Spencer, actually. Um, I didn't get the chance to listen, but that that's a good one. I like that. So if he gets that fight, then maybe one more as the title eliminator. Sure. And then who knows who's even going to be the champs. Probably going to be Yuri, but we'll, you know, Glover has been uh Well, Glover, surprising. it sounds like, so, Glover sounds like he's not going to fight much longer anyway. Like okay. I mean... I don't know if this has been put out there or not, so don't take my word for it, but I could swear this was kind of like a, he wins, he he might walk away with the belt, and if he loses, he might, I mean, he might just walk away, period, without the belt. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if that's exactly it, but even just from a logical standpoint, it makes a lot of sense. The man, yeah. what, what else would he have had to accomplish anymore? He already did something no one expected him to do, and if he's to defend that belt one time, that really solidifies him. I think. Uh, so yeah, he probably walks away at that point. So then, really, I mean, who do you? Who is next after that? I, you know, I, I try to think about like who would actually be. It's probably like Rakic. You know, if, if he's I, he's yeah. got one, he's got a fight lined up, I believe. Right? Who's yeah. he? Who's he fighting? Do you Rakic. remember? Is he fighting Blahovic or no? Uh, yeah. Who is Blahovic fighting? That's a good question too. Let's let's uh, look it up real quick. Mm-hmm. That's a good idea. Yeah, Blahovic obviously is is very much in the title mix, especially if Teixeira walks away. You know, that's the man who beat okay, him. Okay, they were scheduled to fight March 26th. However, Bahovic had to withdraw. So that's yeah, that's uh, right. it's expected to be rescheduled for uh, sometime in the future. Okay, yeah, pro- I mean, probably the winner of that gets the next title shot anyway. Like, I'm I'm just gonna guess there because there's not really a ready-made contender. But yeah, I think two wins sounds reasonable. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think probably we're talking about sometime early to mid next year is entirely reasonable if Jamal Hill takes care of things on his end, which. He still has to do, but right. You also got Ankalaya versus Santos in a couple of weeks, so sure. And, and hey, I mean, like I said, Paul Craig. If he, I don't know if he's got anything lined up too, but if he keeps winning and stuff, he's also an exciting, interesting character too. Yes, I think he very much should, on merit, deserve a title shot before Jamal Hill. But the one thing about Hill is uh, he's he's so young in the sport. He's not, I don't think he's like super young, period. He's not old by any stretch, but he's also like more young in the sport than he's young. So what I mean by that is that I think he's got a lot of time ahead of him. And I think the loss to Paul Craig is something that he just kind of learned a lot from. Like, hey, maybe don't play down there where you ought not to be. No offense. I mean, I'm sure you can grapple. He, he seems very confident in his grappling, but let's face it, the hands are where it's at. Like he next would- time, just... Go with your bread and butter. Yeah, he de- he said he was at a very low point after he lost that. Like he w- wouldn't even get off the couch. It was uh, his coaches that basically dragged him to practice. I can understand so, that. I mean, a man as confident as he is, yeah. and he is so super super confident. Even just talking to him on the phone before that fight, he was extremely confident. You could just he's one of those. I got the same feeling from talking to Habib. Okay, and I'm not saying that he's the same guy. Like <laughs> Habib is Habib, but there there's a certain like confidence that. It's not put on that I think Khabib used to walk around with 
I think he still walks around with why not. <laughs> he probably won't probably, go around that yeah. way forever. Yeah. Like literally, like for the rest of his life, he's allowed to walk around that way. Um, but I I get the same kind of vibe from Jamal Hill. Now, granted, he lost and, and that shook him a little bit, but I, I there's something about a guy who walks around like that where they're not, you know, invincible in the sense that like they don't think they can lose. It's just they they know they can't lose, even if they can. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, it seems like he's put that way behind him, that loss, so... And this, of course, has to probably do a lot for his confidence anyway. He got that under his belt yeah, uh, in a bigger spot, too. So um, I'm looking forward to his progress in general. Uh, but what about Johnny Walker? Because Walker was someone who had a, 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 a lot of hype around him after he got off to that hot start. He was 3-0 in the UFC coming off the Contender Series, and now he's 1-4 ever since then. Um, a couple knockout losses. This devastating one. With a really bad knockout face, too. Not that that adds to it, but uh, what is he, I guess, is the real question I have for you, my friend. Is he, like, is he even UFC, like, top 15 caliber? Is he just, like, does he not belong well, in this, I think in this he group? Can, I think he has potential to be in that group. I think he has... You think he got pushed a little too quickly? I Well, no, I think he's with the wrong team. I You're think, saying I that think... you don't think SBG... Is a good team. I mean, listen. Outside of Connor, what have they really done? Like, have you heard of Gunnar Nelson? He's okay. the greatest thing of all time. <laughs> he's, he's a very middle of the pack guy. <laughs> so, no offense to Gunnar Nelson, he is a perfectly adequate yeah. welterweight. Other than that, I mean, dude, go to ATT, go to Sanford, go to you know AKA. There's much better camps out like, there. He yeah, was at TriStar, I and I understand he only ended up at SBG because of the pandemic, and he couldn't get back. And he, you know, Faraz gave him you know, the blessing or whatever, mm-hmm. and, and Kavanaugh took him in. But, you know, you, you can get better better training. I mean, I could, I could make an argument that maybe even TriStar isn't necessarily the greatest spot for him to be at either. Like, it, right, I, I there, agree with you there, too. There's, uh, there's this thing about these camps, and I think now we're starting to see... We, we're always going to have these camps that are like kind of in vogue, and they rise, and they fall, and that kind of thing. But, I mean, there's, there's the ATTs and the AKAs. They're never... like. Probably not never. Never is, is such a long time, but virtually they're never going to go away. They just kind of continue to bring in a ton of the biggest guys mm-hmm. and women. And it's just hard to imagine them having such a... De- Maybe AKA, I, I would say it's possible because a lot of their talent from that kind of be- big period we're talking about, you know, the Cain Velazquez, um, DC, Habib. And of course, even the old guard. You think about those welterweights. They had John Fitch, uh, Josh Kochcheck, uh, Mike Swick, who has cancer, battling that. You know, more power to him. Uh, wish him well. But uh, I can even AKA I could almost see falling off. But there's certain teams. It's just like it's almost hard to see them coming apart. But I don't think that that's the case with TriStar. I don't think that's the case at all with SBG. Which is I don't want to put in the same group as like Glendale. The uh, the old Ronda Rousey's team with uh, Edmund Tverdian. I think I saw somebody make that kind of comparison earlier today, and and I don't (laughs) know that that was necessarily fair. Although I don't know how far off it really was either. (laughs) So you know, it's just it's it's a situation where I think you've got a guy walked into their gym who happened to be immensely talented, and that's where he ended up honing his craft, and that gave mass rise to this camp. Mm -hmm. Um, Otherwise, it would have just been where. Gunnar Nelson was exactly. It's the, and and would we have even heard of Artem Lobov? Who knows if he even gets a shot? If yeah, yeah if if there's so. no Conor McGregor, if Conor McGregor doesn't walk into that gym. Let's say he for some reason he says I can't I can't strike it out in Ireland anymore. I'm moving to the United States. I'll find a camp here, and then we never hear about SBG because of him. I mean, what are they? I don't know. It's hard to say. Yeah, I still think they're. <laughs> I think I think John Kavanaugh is, is steps several steps above Edmund Tverdian, who I think is just an absolute god-awful coach <laughs> he's he just seems like the worst coach right. um but yeah I, I, there's john kavanaugh seems to have bought into a lot of his own hype yeah but yeah. yeah i think that's i think that's what what uh johnny walker needs to do change it up change it up. yeah yeah i i don't know how high can really get more than this I and mean, i think he is better than the results he's been showing too or he is capable of being better if like you say he goes to the right camp but i don't know he's still not I don't look at him, and I didn't even look at him really at any point in his run here as someone who was like, man, this guy could be, you know, chasing the title at some point. 
He just seemed like a fun action fighter who was getting some yeah. results, and then he he ran into some guys who were actually at his level or above it, and they, and he had problems with them. Right. You that, know exactly. Like they said in the broadcast, he's been he sparred a thousand hours. He said, which I mean, it obviously is an exaggeration. No one's sparring a thousand hours. I but did. who's he sparring against? I sparred a thousand hours yesterday. <laughs> Don't That's fact impressive. check me. Don't fact check me. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. On to your favorite subject, I think, which is uh, anything involving Jim Miller, no? Yeah, the, this is what we should have uh, just talked about for the That's past. That's true. You you had initially put, minutes. we're just going to talk about Jim Miller. Yeah. Uh, I, mean, I well, overruled you on that because I, I think we got to do a little more than that. Well, well, the fact is this. I mean, Jim Miller could be on a card with Kamara Usman. George St. Pierre, uh, John Jones, all these guys, and I would care less about those three and just want to talk about Jim. I know. I understand. I mean, there's obviously you you have you have a lot of links with Jim Miller, you know. He, I mean, I do too. I mean, they're more professional and, and everything like that. I didn't actually get beat up on the ground by him like you did. Well, here's the thing. I think Jim Miller should have been the main event. Disagree. Um you can't put him against Nicholas Moda at as the main event. I don't I don't really think so. It could just be Jim Miller sparring or, or hitting the heavy bag as the main event. Sir, we're going off the rails here. Just saying. I'm not going to watch that. <laughs> oh, I will watch that. I mean, I watched it like for free in the little gym in the, the strip mall next to the pancake place. Yeah. <laughs> I was able to watch that then. I, I, I have that in my head. That's good. I'm good. Okay. Yeah. Um, so you take some photos of him like training and stuff like that, too, in the, in the big gym. But the real question I have for the sake of this little intro topic here who do you want to see jim fight next like just pick somebody who he hasn't fought before i don't even care if it like makes sense with the rankings and whatever like what's a fight that you just forget what it would do for jim after that point what's a fight you just want to watch him in right now one opponent in the ufc it can't be somebody he's already fought no, don't pick one he's already fought. I mean, you can say it if you want to, but try to get someone he hasn't fought. All right, well, number one, since I, since I can say I did get permission, rubber match between him and Oliveira for the belt. We'll start with that. <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, <laughs> he's already fought Benil Darius, and that's no. Uh, Michael Chandler, I think that would be a fun fight with Jim, because I don't think, I think they would just slug it out. I don't hate that one, but here, um, here's one that I have in mind, Tony Ferguson. That'd be fun, too. I think that would be a lot of fun. And I actually, I don't think it would happen, but I think that one is much more realistic to happen than, say, like your other two examples you just gave. I think there, there's like, there are ways where they could actually make that fight happen. Or he just keeps, they keep taking these contender series lightweights off and giving them Jim Miller as their first fight. Well, that seems to be the way they're booking. So realistically, <laughs> so- like, you know. Anything I said about him and Ferguson, like, it's really not going to happen. But, like, it, what I mean by that is that it's Ferguson is in kind of a strange place now. And, and it almost could be something where they, they're looking for, like, a main event and Jim's available. And they're like, yeah, screw it. Let's just do it. Jim Miller deserves a, a, fun, a fun fight at this point. And, and Tony Ferguson, he's been on such a losing streak that realistically you don't know where he is anymore. So, hey, let's make that fight. I mean, I wouldn't hate him versus Riddell either. Brad Riddell? Yeah. That'd be, I think it'd be pretty fun, too. See, I kind of just don't want to put him against young killers. <laughs> well, that's what they're... Tr- I mean, they're trying to find a young killer to keep putting him against. But they're looking for guys... They, mostly, it's been... Especially of late, it's been, like, these debuting guys. You yeah. know? They, they, where, like, you don't really know what it is. We kind of know what we have in Brad Riddell here. And I, I don't I don't know if I really want that. I, I want... That's why I picked uh, Tony Ferguson, is because he's been around the block... That's I like I like Michael Chandler. I like that kind of pick too. Another one who's kind of a veteran, been around the block, yeah, right. violent fighter. That's kind of what I have in mind. You just don't want Jim to derail anybody anymore. I feel you. No, that's not even what it is. <laughs> I think I I, I got it. It's okay. Well, just right, we'll right. just we'll just say Jim's the best, and that's it. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, by the way, uh, North Jersey represent here because he beat uh, Moda, who actually was apparently they said he was training in South Jersey for a little while in Tom's River. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, that's a win for the North. <laughs> so suck it, South Jersey. All <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, you don't say water right. Good times. Anyway. Good times. I think that was it for UFC. Real quick, a Bellator before we get the contested rounds here. Uh, so Bellator 274 was the first time that Bellator finally got around to putting on fights that were five-round, non-title, non-tournament main events. What do you think of this one with Neiman Gracie and Logan Storley, right? Uh, I didn't watch it. I heard none of it went to the ground like as expected. Mm-hmm. Um, so that I mean that was really my only intrigue 
to watch it, but I didn't watch it. So no. Well, that's all I heard about it. That's that'll do it. Storley one. Uh, Storley one. Yeah, it was. It, I mean, it was. It was on the feet a lot. <laughs> that's what I. I mean, that's what I read for the most part. It wasn't. It wasn't a terrible fight. It was all right. All right. Yeah, it was. It was fun. I think it's. It showed some value in putting on five round main events like this. Okay. Yeah, that was all right. I didn't hate it. I also wasn't watching super closely, so like I certainly wasn't watching the score. Um, you know, I I, I want to. I believe the only round that uh, Gracie won. Actually, this is true. The only round that Gracie won. Uh, two out of three judges' cards was round three, uh, and then Eric Cologne gave him the fifth round. Uh, he was on his. Uh, he was the out judge for that one. Uh, but otherwise, every round. Uh, was given to Logan Storley here, and it, I get the sense it was pretty much that kind of fight. It was Logan okay. Storley one. Um, it is what it is. I like I said, I didn't really watch it, but uh, I, I just like the idea of them doing this. I think there's there are chances that they had over the years that they could have done this and they didn't, and I think it was a missed opportunity. So it's got. I'm glad to see them doing it now. Okay, good. That's about it. That's all I really had to say about both. I was not incredibly invested in this one. I'm more interested in next week uh, when they're in yeah. Ireland. The Ireland. The Irish crowds are, are just phenomenal, to be honest. I, I'm very excited for uh, what will, like, the atmosphere that's put on there is it really is second to none. Yeah, they usually get into it uh, with all their chants and stuff. It's mm-hmm. pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will, we'll have to talk just briefly about that, too. I don't even think we put it on our outline here, but we will talk briefly about um, Bellator 275. Musasi's on that card, right? Musasi is on that card. That is that is correct. So is Peter Queeley. Peter Queeley is on that and then card, you got, and uh, they will love Leah when McCourt, Peter Queeley. Right? Uh, it's two Irish and women, Sinead. Leah McCourt and Sinead Kavanaugh. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'm, I imagine there will be a lot of uh, feels going on around there uh, in Three Arena in Dublin. Right. People feeling their feelings a lot, not knowing, <laughs> not knowing what to do. Maybe they'll just, just be happy for everybody there. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure how the Irish crowds will respond to that, but I, I'm, I'm again, they come out. And they they are fantastic. There really is something special about the way uh, the fans are in Ireland. I think I want to say when the UFC went to Sweden one of the first times, I thought they were really into it too. Maybe I'm misremembering, but I'm like I'm trying to remember places where the UFC has gone and and the crowd was just like memorable. But I may be making that one up. I don't remember. You know what it is? They're they're gonna show up for the prelims. Well, they should. Everybody should show up for the prelims. You paid money for the ticket. It's just goofy. Like really you, awesome. if you're at home and you don't want to turn on, you know, YouTube or Pluto TV to watch the Bellator prelims. All right, fine, you know. But like, you bought a ticket, go. Yeah, you should. What be else there. are you doing? Right. I mean, as I'm saying, the UFC crowds in America need to stop just being like, yeah, I'm just gonna show up for for the final three fights. Yeah, that, that's goofy. That's some goofy stuff there. Um, it is what it is. We we will move on from this because we do have uh, six contested rounds from the UFC. Uh, to doc- talk about here, Dan. Yeah, let's get into it. Yeah, we can do that. That is what we do on the show, isn't it? <laughs> uh, and, you know, I think we do have to start, obviously, with the split decision. Uh, that I was a little surprised how contentious this got with some people uh, because I do think this is actually a very close fight and it comes down to a very close first round. Um, I mean, any everyone that, that knew basically what they're watching, they knew this, you know, the score was coming down to round one. Yeah, so yeah, easy. I I <laughs> I was very confident in that too. I I want to say I even tweeted about it beforehand, but um yeah, let's talk about round one. Dan, uh, the fight is of course uh, Joaquin Buckley against uh, Abdul Razak Al Hassan at middleweight, twenty nine twenty eights all around. Round two was most certainly a Buckley round. Round three was definitely an Al Hassan round. Uh, round one again is the very close round here. That at least in my opinion. So why is it close? What happens? Uh, it's good back and forth. Buckley's landed some good shots. Al Hassan's landed some good shots. I, I think Al Hassan's landing harder, getting better reactions. Uh, Buckley gets a few takedowns. I think like two or three. Uh, I believe it's. I believe he's credited with three, but like not a ton is coming from them, right? They're brief with low impact and no offense really comes of it. I think Al Hassan wins it. He, you know, his strikes were more immediately impactful in my eyes and. Uh, it's very close. I can understand the other way, but that's how I have it. Yeah, I pretty much just kind of saw it the other way. I, I thought Buckley was was landing a little bit uh, cleaner and 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 impactfully, I suppose. Maybe just a, even a little bit more often. I got the sense too, and I think that made the difference. But yeah, this is this really could go either way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think the actually the most shocking thing is that it went three rounds. I think so. 
A lot of people were shocked by that, but I kept saying to anybody who was listening, uh, if it doesn't end early, it might not be that pretty a fight. And I think it still actually was a little bit more entertaining than I thought it would be because it, it didn't just come down to like them lying on each other or laying on, you know, leaning on each other at the cage. It was actually like, okay, there was like some pretty, you know, one sided round one way or the other later in the fight, but mm. still not what everyone was looking forward to. I'm just not terribly surprised. And now Hassan is, is uh, unfortunately, he's not credited with his longest win. No. Still no, at 418. I, I think, think they said something like that, 421 yeah. or something like that. Was, you know, like, that was his longest win or something like that. Yeah, but so um, but yeah, so I had for Buckley, which was actually the majority uh, score. Uh, Sal D'Amato and Junichiro Camillo were on my side. You had Anthony Manis, uh, who were, I, it's been a long time since he's been in Vegas. We, we saw him briefly for a little while, and then he kind of went away. He's a Tennessee-based judge, but now he is back. Uh, so you sided it with him and Al Hassan. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, it's hard, hard to get too mad about this uh, unless you're a crazy, unreasonable person on Twitter, uh, which maybe you are. There's plenty of those. Welcome to the show, if that's the case. <laughs> Hopefully we'll change you, but I mean, probably not. <laughs> Unlikely. Unlikely. <laughs> but, uh, well, if you don't like it, you, you know what you can do. Scott's got two words for you. Go to South Jersey. <laughs> it's four. <laughs> I can't count. Okay. Yeah. Now nah, we can we can move on though. Um, that was really probably the most contentious I think of everything. But we we've got a few fights that ended uh, early that we still have some rounds to talk about. I think we can kind of address them here, starting with uh, your boy Jim A. Ten Miller. Yes. Uh, who of course got the second round TKO victory over Nicholas Moda. But round one before that was a split round. What happens in this round, Dan? Um, Moda's landing really good with his hands. I think. What? And I thought I thought he was Jim, I thought Jim Miller was invincible. He is very tough. Uh, <laughs> Miller got rocked uh, pretty early. He didn't even go down though, which was kind of impressive. But you can tell he was he was wobbled. Oh yeah, that was that was easily the he, the most impactful strike of this round. Uh, he kept his composure and, and he just kept landing that uh, inside light kick, which I mean Moda didn't even think about switching stances at all. Um, he he found a home for that. Landed a lot of them. They were very strong. I probably overcompensate for my bias here in my score because I favored Moda here, 10-9. Um, but I, I'm very happy Jim got the, the score. Honestly, I think you are. I, I think you are overcompensating. I, without question, again, the, mo- the most impactful strike of the entire round is the one that Moda lands, uh, that punch. I think it was a right, correct? Yeah, and, and you get stumbled. That is easily the most impactful. But outside of that, you take that away, it's... It's it was tough for me to see really Moda doing much that was very impactful against Jim Miller, uh, and Miller those kicks they're really adding up. They're clearly yeah. affecting uh, Moda here. So even though it was you know more the light kicks versus like a, a a very hard landed right hand, a very you know which had a little bit of impact briefly. So um, I I went with Miller. I I think that's the right call here. Um, you're, you certainly see it the same way as Derek Cleary, and, and he's a fantastic judge. I disagree here. I don't think it's as strong a case for uh, Moda as it is for Miller, but I also wasn't cage side. I thought he so landed I'll a bit say more that. to the head than just at one. I mean, not a, definitely well, so not as Jim strong Miller. as Jim was landing his arm, but the, the kicks are really where it's at. Yeah, I, I I think the general, like, generally speaking, a lot of the punches are very even between the two of them, except for, again, the one from Moda. Mm-hmm. But I do think Miller is even... He, I think he's got a volume edge here. I think he's oh, that, he's yeah. outlanding him, and I think the leg really was affected uh, greatly. Uh, I mean, balance was noticeably. taken off a lot. Yeah, I, uh, so I, I really... I felt good about this being a Miller round. But, again, this is this is not like the hill I would die on or anything like that. I, I respect uh, I respect Judge Cleary, and I respect the score, and I guess I respect you, too. So, so basically... The thing is, if I have ties to you, you don't want me judging your fight because I'm probably going to see it for the other way. That's right. <laughs> That's pretty much what it comes down to. Yeah. Well, I mean, you wouldn't. This is this is something where I don't think you would be fit to judge this fight anyway. You would. I would have tell. To put, I say. Listen, you would have to put down a conflict of like, listen, just, he beat me up on the ground one time. This can't happen. And that's why you're going to score it against him because you're really like for all the fawning and love about Jim Miller, you're really just pissed off that he beat you up that one time. <laughs> yeah. Him and his brother. That's right. <laughs> You and your brother, too. <laughs> Did Jim tell us uh, a couple years ago when he was on the show that he's a blacksmith now? I'm pretty sure that's what he said. That Dan, yeah, Dan said Miller is a blacksmith? Yeah, doing some kind of blacksmith work Which is or cool. something. Yeah. I mean, it makes total sense. 
Dan Miller looks like a blacksmith. <laughs> he just didn't realize it apparently until now. Okay. So <laughs> that's the case. I hope he's doing well. I hope him, him and his uh, him and his family are well. Mm-hmm. So I, I want to say I saw them. You know, the last time I actually uh, did put on a gi at all, Dan, was at a seminar that Jamie Cruz was running at the Main Brothers gym. Oh, you actually went to that. I did go to that wow. one. This was several years ago. I want to say it was like 2016 or something like that, maybe 2017. Uh, but I, as I was walking in, Dan was also walking in, so it was nice to see him. Oh, that's yeah, cool. It was good to see him. We caught up very briefly. Um, family was doing well. But uh, that's neither here nor there. We're going to talk about uh, the next fight here, which we have no ties to nor uh, awareness of how their families and brothers are doing. And that was uh, Chad... Uh, by the way, did I actually, I, before we even move on real quick, I should say, because you sided with Derek Cleary, I sided with uh, Mike Bell and Adelaide Bird. Okay. I don't think I mentioned the judges okay. there, so I did want to get that in there. But yeah, so Chad and Helliger, uh, who got the third round TKO over Jesse Strader, round two is the split round after Strader won round one. So Dan, what happens in this round? I thought this round was pretty clear. Uh, I thought Strader, he was landing, but all the heavy strikes were coming from Han Helliger. Except maybe two, maybe one or two in exchange. I think the liver kick that that straighter lands was pretty solid, and a decent punch to the head. And Helliger's landing those knees to the head in the clinch. Uh, he dropped straighter early with a right. I thought that was that was very so, impactful. I think for the round, uh, every, because it lead it led to everything kind of that happened for the next few minutes. Yeah, everything else he's landing kind of snapping the head back. I mean, it's a competitive round, but I I, just, I definitely think it's pretty clear for an Helliger. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I I guess I can sort of understand because of what happens in the later part of the round that maybe you could be swayed that way. Why why judge uh, again? Anthony Manis uh, saw it the way for Strader, but yeah, I I think this is a probably a solid round for Ann Helliger, but not one that I would say is like a bad score or something like that. I just I think probably the the score the, based on the criteria and my understanding of it. The better score here is Ann Helliger. But again, I'm not there, so I don't know. I mean, I, I have a lot of respect for judges uh, Mike Bell and, and Kamija who were there, uh, cage side as well, and they saw it that way, is the same as you and I did for Ann Helliger. Excellent. But he took all doubt out of it in the third round anyway, so. Yeah, that was a nice. Fortunately, that was. Nice knockout there. Yes, yes, indeed. Um, and another uh, nice uh, knockout we had was in the, the Skelly uh, apparently farewell fight uh, against Mark Striegel. Round two, TKO by knee and punches. Round one before that was a split round, though, with uh, two judges seeing it for Striegel and one seeing it for Skelly. Dan, what happens in this round? I mean, I really didn't see all that much come from Striegel, but not all that much effective offense from Skelly. There's not like so, this is a round that like almost nothing like scoring wise really happens. It's hard in terms of like fight ending potential. Yeah, I think Skelly gets a takedown, and it's you know he just wrestles him, holds him there, and he lands some strikes here and there. Uh, I just think it's a Skelly round. What I saw from this round was Skelly um, kind of landing, like he lands like a comment, like this wild, like winging combination, like in the first minute or so before the fight gets down to the ground. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think Striegel probably lands a little bit in there too, but I thought Skelly landed just a little bit better there. And then for most of the round, they're like trading on the ground from Skelly sitting in his guard, and there's nothing really much happening. I think Striegel's probably landing the better strikes here with the elbows. It's but, possible. But I don't think they're very, like, it's none of these elbows were, like, changing the direction of the fight. And then I think Skelly lands a, uh, well, he does. He lands kind of, looks like a postured up kind of punch. It was, like, the only time he got, like, some real, like, impact behind anything when he was on the ground for, the, like, the remaining time of the round. He I, pretended his head was a shingle. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It to the roof. That's right, because he's going into roofing, because it's actually more lucrative than fighting how, for the how UFC. How many professional athletes retire and become roofers? You know, LeBron was talking about it okay. the other day. <laughs> I'm, I forgot to mention that. That was kind of weird, right? You Strange. just don't you expect after LeBron's career that he'd have enough money. But sure <laughs> enough, you don't know how much money he lost on uh, Space Jam 2. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he's going into roofing. Uh, <laughs> now, I, because of that, I feel like the only things he can really score very strongly are, are the strikes that I mentioned from Skelly. So I... I think it's actually it makes a lot of sense here that it ought to be a Skelly round. So that's where I went for ten nine, just like you. Yeah. Uh, and Sal D'Amato as well. Chris Lee and Tony Weeks uh, were on the Striegel side, which it, it's you can win fights from the bottom. Absolutely, you can win rounds from the bottom, hundred percent. But I just I have trouble seeing anything that Striegel did on the bottom that really ought to have overtaken anything that Skelly did, 
even and it has nothing to do with being on top or bottom like forget that because it's really in the ground in the uh in the guard there like that's a for, for the way they used it it was a neutral position yeah it really was um nothing's happening no one's trying to do anything no one's advancing no one's able to land anything good so yeah it's like it doesn't really matter who's on top but yeah i, I just think the only impactful things that are coming there i think are skelly so i, I feel like this is a good uh use of uh, what do we call it what do we call it when, when we're both on the same side as the out judge oh couch that over <laughs> that's the one i couldn't remember thank you you got appreciate it, it. uh so sal damato gets the couch side override uh apologies to chris lee and tony weeks here i just i, I don't see it as strong yeah uh, nothing else that was very well well put well we do have two more rounds of course but yes. i think yeah we're done we're done with chess skelly uh who again you know congratulations on finding a better career than the ufc one that pays better i'm sure <laughs> uh roofing uh and shout out to the roofers out there by the way i i mean that <laughs> i really do that's that's not a fun job that i would not want to do so you get you get your money uh Two more fights here, and, and both of these are round three in fights that were in no really in no doubt. So we don't, I don't think we have to spend a whole lot of time on them. First off, with uh, Mario Bautista uh, getting the win over Jay Perrin, two thirty twenty sevens and a thirty twenty six. So we're talking about an eight nine split in round three. Why are we talking about this, Dan? Uh, it was a really good round from him, and it was one sided. So that's how it goes. Yeah, yeah. but what else? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Perrin came out pressing early. He he knew he probably needed a finish. Here. Yeah. Uh, but he eats a strong knee to the head and then to the body in the clinch and then eats a really strong elbow that probably broke his orbital or at least rattled it a little bit because he seemed completely finished after that. Kind of just crumbled. Yeah, been there. Uh, Bautista the, landed the orbital, some... not 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 crumbled. Well, probably <laughs> crumbled anyway. Uh, Bautista landed some good strikes for the rest of the round. I don't think he got to the 10-8 because I don't think he really pushed to that finish until the final 30 seconds or so. Mm-hmm. I'm really happy a judge did get to the eight there because you know it was a one-sided round i just uh the way it's written i i don't i didn't get there so. i had a feel of an eight and a half yeah you know that was kind of the 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 feeling i was left with at the end of this round um and i, I thought it was actually interesting too because i knew who the judges were for this fight i knew it was mike bell i knew it was Derek cleary and adelaide bird so when i heard the 10-8 <laughs> i'm thinking to myself oh it's got to be mike bell yeah. mike bell's the the 10-8 the king <laughs> Uh, when it comes to the judges, he's always pushing the pushing the line. And sure enough, it was actually Adelaide Bird, who is not the first judge I think of when I think of ten eights, especially rogue ten eights. She's I, I want to say this is I have to consult with my data and I didn't get the chance to. But uh, like it's got to be one of the first times where Adelaide Bird is the only ten eight. Yeah, that's, I, that's I, probably pretty rare. Yeah, um, I think I think you could probably justify it. I think her score is justifiable. I just don't think I would have gone there under the, the criteria as it's outlined. Okay. So this is definitely a, 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 a CSJ 10, eight. Yeah. Oh, that's hundred yeah, percent. That's there. hundred percent. Um, but yeah, I, I think the 10, nine is probably the, the more prudent score. So that was the same as bell and Cleary, but you know, again, uh, judge bird, I, I like to see it. I, I like to see her at least trying for the eights a little more. I, I, maybe that's mm-hmm. a thing. Who knows? Maybe she's going to become, uh, the, the leader in the 10, eight push. Now let's see. We will see. Uh, but we have, again, one more uh, fight here, and this was round three of the Jonathan Pierce victory over Christian Rodriguez, 229-28, and a 30-27. So this round, of course, uh, two judges gave to Rodriguez and one gave to Pierce. Uh, what what happens here? I think it's a, this round is a tale of two halves. Mm-hmm. Uh, first half of the round, Rodriguez landing really strong on, on the feet. He's winning the grappling exchanges. He got the back a couple of times, attacking the rear naked choke. And then about halfway through, Pierce gets the back, but he just doesn't really do much with it. I don't. I don't think Pierce ever really in this entire fight was ever pushing to finish. No, I think he's committing. Like he he just he's winning the scrambles and he's just committing to to winning the position. He's he's never going you know throwing heavy strikes trying to win it or or attacking a sub or selling out on a sub to just you know finish the fight. Uh, and I think that's really the only knock I have on him because I think he's he's actually really good at what he does. He just needs to to go for it. Sure. Um. I think Rodriguez early is the difference, just better at really attacking effectively, and that's why I'm on Rodriguez 10-9. Yeah, I mean, this anytime you got these tale of two rounds, it's, it, I think it's a very tough one on the judges. I assume it's it's a tough one on the judges because it's you know, you're know really trying to evaluate the more recent stuff from the stuff you just saw a few minutes ago, and it's like, well, how do you how do you really compare that kind of thing? And in real time, that can be very hard, uh, so I feel for judges in this situation. But I do think that 
the early work from Rodriguez, the damage that he's he's landing with his hands with, with strikes and everything like that, it's just I I think that has to weigh more heavily mm-hmm. in this round. So yeah, I I saw it for Rodriguez as well, just the same way as Chris Lee and Junichiro Camillo saw it. Tony Weeks uh, was the out judge here, and uh, and and he will stay that way. We will we will not be uh, giving him any uh, cash out overrides. <laughs> not this time. Maybe next time, Tony. Perhaps. And that is it. We have reached the end of contested rounds. Finishes, though. We did have seven on this card. It was honestly an exciting card, card outside of the uh, that, that heavyweight fight, which is kind of like the given anytime there's a heavyweight fight. Yeah. <laughs> More or less. Um, yeah, seven finishes, five by TKO or KO. Uh, two submissions, four finishes came in the first round. Uh, Dan, what was your favorite? It, c- it couldn't possibly have been... Uh, A10 Jim Miller. Oh, uh, duh. Oh, yeah. okay. Jim Miller knocking out another young gun. Uh, he thought that he actually thought the stoppage was late. I was like, he was complaining a little bit. And and the fan side of me was yelling, Keith, stop it already. Let's go. <laughs> End this fight. Jim's going to blow his gas tank in the next five <laughs> seconds. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. He's usually got a good seven minutes in him. So. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, he does eventually, you know, stop it so that's true that was my he favorite. was a little critical of that yeah yeah uh I, why don't you shout out the other one that you want i wish i know you There's, wanted well, to say to on actually, any other night I, yeah i would stephanie egger um wait that's the other one? Oh my well, god because i because i found out something else about okay. the other one I'll, I'll talk about the other one too all right sure. yeah, uh, yeah, stephanie yeah, egger was i would say she had the the, the best finish of the night just what it wasn't my favorite because jim won sure most technical, the judo throw into the the, uh, the scarf hold and then work into a, like a perfectly technical armbar. I thought it was awesome as a jiu-jitsu and, fan. And, and kind of an upset over Jessica Rose Clark. Yeah, she was. Yeah, she was kind of a, a decent underdog. There. I didn't see the odds, but it, I mean, I just yeah. I didn't really see it coming. Uh, yeah, I didn't either. But it it was awesome. Uh, the the one was a uh, Kyle Dawkins Darce choke uh, finish over Jamie Pickett. I found out today. Jamie Pickett posted that his tongue was stuck between his teeth and he tapped because he was afraid he would bite his tongue off. Yeah, I could see wanting so, to do that. So, I mean, great sub regardless, but I mean that kind of that kind of changed it a little bit, but what can you do? I I think that makes it more awesome. It it is it is still It's awesome. actually more awesome. It's, it's more awesome. That he made someone tap out because they were worried about biting their tongue yeah, off. Is that just... not MMA? <laughs> I'm sorry. We're talking about fighting here. All right, fair enough. <laughs> well, what was your favorite? My favorite was, I, I mean, how can I not say Jamal Hill? Because especially the way that he was able to make Johnny Walker fall. Again, looked like he was throwing, he was ju- jumping up for a fadeaway, except he <laughs> forgot to jump, and he also forgot to be conscious. And he just falls down, Someone... crumpled in a heap, and he's got that awful, I think we've seen it by now, the the awful knockout face as he like crumpled on the yeah. mat. It, someone put it next to uh, a lot of people have probably been putting it next to Frankie Edgar's uh, getting front kicked last year. Oh, geez. But I think the one that also really comes to mind for me, especially because it was kind of the way he like fell in that same mm. position was when Leota Machida knocked out Rashad Evans. That that's all over the internet. That's a, are they, are they throwing that one up there too? I was I, say, I mean, I'm worried. Like, I'm I mean, worried. That's too OG at this point. So here's the thing. Bispin getting knocked out by Hendo. Right, but he was just kind of laying flat like he was asleep. No, no, I mean, after the first punch where his face is, yeah. is okay. like that, and then you got Rashad's face where he's like like that against the cage. This, this is not a, a visual podcast, Oh, I'm sir. sorry, yes. Dancer yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> making faces you'll never see. <laughs> and now we got the, uh, you know, Frankie Edgar's face mush, and the uh, now Johnny Walker has joined that club. If you want to see what those look like and imagine what Dan's face was doing, Google the image and then imagine uh, Dan making a very goofy face that looks morbidly like that. <laughs> morbidly. Morbidly is the wrong word. But anyway, uh, <laughs> that was uh, that was definitely, though, my favorite hit here. Uh, he'll get in the win in under three minutes. I, I had been telling some people that I really thought it was not going to go beyond like two rounds uh, this fight. I just... I just didn't see it. There was a lot of people who were like worried about, oh, SBG Walker going to make it a boring decision. I just didn't see Jamal Hill letting it happen that way. He was even a little more patient in this one early on. I don't know if you thought about that when you were watching the fight. He but was. I, he seemed like he was a little more cautious going in, but then eventually he found it. it he found it, his range. You know what's funny is is Walker circled to the the left of of Hill, mm-hmm. his power side, and got knocked out with the right. 
Yeah. And I was like, he's circling into the power. What's going on here? And then right hand, bang. I think that speaks to the um, the skill that Jamal Hill has in yeah. his hands. I, he's got, I think, the right skill set for this time of MMA, which is, you know, fast hands, um, pretty decent striking defense. I, you know, I think I was actually a little surprised at some of the stuff he was actually getting caught with in this one. Um, but he lands with volume and he's got some power. That's that's a deadly combination in modern MMA. So I, I see big things for him. But I will also say one of the favorite finishes, and this got enhanced today when I heard about it. Um, yeah, Andre Koreshkov, uh, who got a he, well, he, it was a TKO, but it basically a spinning back body kick uh, essentially ended his fight against Chance Rencounter in the Bellator co-main event. Rencounter posts a picture of himself on Instagram that starts to circle around and. This fight, which lasted all of 38 seconds, Dan. Okay. The spinning back body kick, excuse me, but not spinning body kick, I need to say. Uh, it broke, according to Rencounter and his uh, management, five ribs, partially collapsed his lung filled with blood, and I believe it was a bruised kidney as well, from one kick. That's a lot. Sir, you don't play MMA. I hope Certainly. I hope nobody thinks that that's a thing that could ever be said because geez, that's, that's one kick. I'm gonna have to go watch that kick. You should. It won't take you long. My goodness. Yeah. Um. That was insane. So that actually, and and I mean, it was wild when you watched it, but it was like knowing knowing the damage that was done in just such a a, a short amount of time. I was like, <laughs> my god. Uh. So that had to that that had to earn uh, its own little shout out as well. That's that's crazy. Yeah. Uh, but that is it for the finishes. That is it for the past weekend. We're not going to talk about uh, Bare Knuckle. It's just I didn't watch it, and I I don't care because it's not MMA. I really don't care. Bare Knuckle yeah. is a form of boxing, and it's not even the same thing, so we're not, we're not getting into that. UFC Vegas 49 is next weekend, sir. Yes. That is what I want to talk about. And actually, the day before, I believe, it, it, not, the, not the day after, but the day before, I believe, is Bellator, again, 275, we're talking about. Well, we can talk yeah. about Bellator in just a moment, but let's start with Vegas 49, because Islam Makachev is back in action again. He won't be against Benil Dariush, the fight that we were all hoping for, because apparently Dariush broke his fibula, which is not something you want to break, as I understand it, based on the way I walk. You need it, yes. Yeah, it's 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 helped me get around. <laughs> Um, it's not helping Benil Dariush right now. So uh, that's unfortunate that we lost that fight. Hope he is able to recover uh, as well. But now in steps Bobby Green, who everyone was talking about. Hey, Bobby Green's never had a main event. Bobby Green's got a main event now. Yeah, Bobby Green has a main event against Islam Makachev. Yeah. Um, you don't seem like you're giving Bobby Green a whole lot of chance that's, here. Well, listen. If, Just if, your tone. If Makachev or if Green can keep it standing, I think Bobby Green wins it. Sure, I th uh, yeah, if, if that's the case. I And there's five rounds to do it with. Has five, yeah, five rounds. I mean, I, I could imagine, say the first two rounds, Makachev just wants to test his striking. He's, he's like, yeah, this isn't working. Mm. Obviously, you would think So you're, you're picturing kind of like a like a Khabib against uh, Ally Aquinta in their title fight? Perhaps. Per but I mean, I think, I thought or Khabib you're suggesting could, it, maybe not picturing yeah. it, but. I mean, it was, a, it was, I mean, I wasn't even thinking about that fight when, but I mean, I guess it's a, it's a fair comparison. Okay. Uh. I am going to pick Bobby Green to win this. Really? By decision. Okay. This seems like the least likely way for him to win. Um, no, no, because I think Makachev is going to want. He's not. Gonna... Well, submission would be the least likely, but. <laughs> yeah, Bobby Green has only been submitted twice. I don't think he's ever been submitted in the UFC. Uh, so either Makachev is going to just wrestle him and beat him up on the ground, or Bobby Green keeps it standing and wins. And I think Bobby Green is going to keep it standing and win. That's I don't. Where I'm going. I don't think that. And I don't think either one will get that tired. Maybe. I think they'll both have the gas tank for as long as this goes. But I honestly, I, I see Islam Makhachev being able to get the fight to the ground at some point. I don't think it's like at will. I think there there could be some challenge here. I think it could be a little interesting before okay. it happens. Maybe I'm totally wrong, too. Maybe it'll go right down. It'll be over in two minutes with a tap out. But I, I do see once the fight gets down there, I think Makhachev uh, is probably going to find a way to submit. He, he has a real talent down there i think he's he, very scary there i think what so there's obviously everyone likes to draw the comparisons between uh, islam and khabib for obvious reasons they're they're close friends borderline family you know they, they they view each other as brothers um but the key difference i think between the way they fight 
is that once it gets down there, Makachev really is looking for those subs, and I think he's more skilled at getting the subs than even Khabib was, and Khabib was really more just he wanted to smash. Yeah, he smash. What? Yeah, just smash. Smash. I mean, it's it's a it's a crazy pick, but I, I think there's enough. Bobby Green's just coming off a good win. He didn't take any damage. He's still in shape. Well, I, you know what? So, That's even another part of it. I actually, you know what? How is he going to respond from fighting this recently against uh, someone who's such a big opponent? I don't know. And it's I I don't believe is it actually taking place 155 pounds or is this a catch weight? I thought I heard something about it's at maybe, 160. It is 160. Yeah, okay, so, I wrote 155, but then I forgot that it might have been uh, not 155 pounds. Should be 165 in super lightweight. So I'm giving Bobby Green like a 10 percent chance, and I think I think I'm going to bet on that 10 percent chance. That is fascinating to me that you'll go there, but okay. Yeah, I see Islam Makhachev. I'm going to say round two submission. All right. Yeah, that's where I I'm think going. You can, all right. I do. I don't think he finishes him. That's fine. This is, of course, in Nevada. We will have the same super caliber of judges that we typically get when we're in Nevada. So I'm happy about that. As far as other fights of interest, the only ones that I picked out are lightweight fights. I think this is a really good lightweight division card. This is yeah. This, this is, is a fun this one. This is a, all about the lightweights. This one. Which which of the because uh, we I picked a few fights here and you didn't really add anything. I didn't. I I mean I just I just recently watched two fighters because I started doing my research. Okay. Um. I didn't I didn't look at any of these fighters really yet okay so i don't have an educated guess is there one that you just like interested in watching like who just forget about making your picks i'm just who who interests you oh terrence mckinney okay he's exciting yeah i would think so he's seven second knockout yeah and i believe last year he had like four first round knockouts or something like that a lot of of first round finishes you'd have you'd have to double check me on that one so um but yeah it, it will it will be nice to see him return um He's going against Faraz uh, Ziem. That's an interesting matchup there. I, I'm, I think I'm gonna pick McKinney. I'm gonna say I'm not gonna say first round knockout. I don't think it's gonna be the first thirty seconds again or anything like that. But I, I'm gonna say he wins a decision actually. He's got some wrestling too. He, he can wrestle. They're saying we haven't seen it yet, right? No, I don't believe we really yeah, have. But so. he, he does have some wrestling chops. He's got a wrestling background. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna go with Terrence McKinney, ground and pound, okay. TKO. Which round? Round two. Okay. No, no, wait. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Round one. Okay. We're not going to break the streak. We're good. Yes. That was close. (laughs) Probably was the one I'm most looking forward to as well. But I am actually, I think the matchup, when we're talking about both guys here, that I'm interested in is uh, Armin Sarukian and Joel Alvarez. That's a good one. These are both like really, I think they're very interesting kind of rising guys at lightweight. So I want to see which one comes out of here. They both have similar career trajectory, uh, career paths, right? They both lost their debut, and now they're both on four fight win streaks. Is that right? I believe. I'll take your word for it for now, yeah. and then when we find out you're wrong, I'll never trust you again. <laughs> I'll have trust issues. Yeah, he uh, Sarukin lost to Makachev, and then he won four straight, and then Alvarez lost to Damir Ismagulov. Ismagulov, yeah, uh, and then won four straight. Who was his last win over? Actually, Tiago Moises. That's right. Yeah. Um. Who do you favor here? I'm going with Alvarez in this one. I'm also picking Alvarez. I'm going to say decision. Submission. Okay. And Round then, two. And then Ignacio Bahamondes. I am very interested in his return to the cage uh, coming off. It was, what was the kick he, he landed in his last well, He did one? a front kick and a wheel kick. He has yeah. two finishes by both of those. Yeah, I, was, I think the wheel kick was the most recent of okay. the two. But yeah, he's there is exciting potential for literally anything to happen when he comes into the cage. He's got Rangju against him this time i think bahamundes is definitely going to win this i'm gonna say round two tko ko whatever i go bahamundes tko round three okay all right so we're a little different here. yeah and then the only other fight that i'm interested in which i think has potential for fight of the night is they're both making their ufc debut uh victor alta moreno okay versus carlos hernandez i don't know anything about these gentlemen they're, they're i mean from what i've seen from alta moreno just pace the whole time they're they're 125 pounders from both guys they're just gonna try to kill each other for uh, for three rounds alta moreno yeah i'm gonna take your word for it and i'm going to say alta moreno wins by round one go go plata oh that's an interesting pick I because like i don't know anything not to so i'm gonna do it <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's go, i think it goes a distance decision alta moreno well, one of us can be right, and it's me. Yeah. All right. Perfect. <laughs> and then, of course, like we said, there is Bellator as well, um, which is uh, it's the 25th. I believe the 25th is Friday. Yeah, yeah, it is. I think so. Yeah. So the Friday, and then the UFC is, of course, Saturday. So yeah, mm-hmm. Friday in Ireland, like we mentioned before, uh, the main event, again, we also mentioned before, is Gegard Mousasi coming back at it, going against... Uh, 
Mr. Paige Van Zant, Austin Vanderford. Is that Paige's husband? That's Paige's husband, correct. She okay. is going to be in Ireland. Apparently, uh, I, I saw Sean Sheehan was offering uh, lodging for them in case they needed it. <laughs> Good job, Sean. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if anyone will take it, take him up on it. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I Gegard's in this weird place. Because I, I regard Gegard to be one of the best middleweights of the last, like, 15 years. Never quite the best, but certainly one of the best and for a long time. In the conversation. Yeah, it doesn't always show up, though. He didn't against that one fight you made me watch. <laughs> yeah. Was that the one against Diego Lima? Yeah. <laughs> what an awful fight that was. Oh, man. Yeah, I'd apologize, but I, I don't I don't really care. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, he he, uh, he showed up at least against John Salter. He got the win over John Salter the last time out. That was uh, last August. Uh, I don't know. That almost makes me seem like he's due for, like, a lackluster performance. But I still think he probably ought to be able to beat Austin Vanderford. So I'm going to say decision win for Gegard Musasi. Yeah, if he can beat John Salter. And I, I, I've never seen Austin Vanderford fight. So, but I see he does a lot of grappling events. I'm going to say he's probably a grappler. And John Salter's a very good grappler. And if he can beat John Salter can beat Austin Vanderford. So I'm going to pick Gegard by decision. We are going with MMA math here. Yes. I just want that on the record. <laughs> Dan is using MMA math to make his picks. Yes. Um, it doesn't work, sir. It, it never it does. It doesn't work. It never does. All right. Well, you don't care anyway. Yeah. Um, anything else you were looking forward to from this one? Uh, no. <laughs> Not Peter Queeley? Uh, the Liam McCourt in, uh, in Sinead Kavanaugh fight is kind of interesting. It's uh, interesting from again the perspective of like these are these are a couple of uh, Irish women who I think it's it's going to be interesting I mean, to see like, how the crowd crowd reacts. So it's like well, it's kind of like it's like Jameson versus Bushmills, like right? Sure. Some I'm not of, a drinker, you know that. Actually, is Liam McCourt from Ireland? I thought she was. She has a different flag on topology. I'm just that's all. What's what's the flag that's white with a red cross? Uh, I believe. Oh, Northern Ireland. That's a Northern Ireland. Yeah, that's a Northern Ireland. They have a different flag. See, this is Bushmills versus You're, Jameson. You really are learning a Look lot about the difference between Northern Ireland and Ireland on this I show. I didn't know they got two different. <laughs> Why two wouldn't different they? Flags. They're two different nations. Northern or Ireland countries or whatever. I forget the distinction. Wait, there's cause... an actual country called Northern Ireland. Yes, and then there's another country called Ireland. Yes. What? It's it has what? to do with the the. So Northern Ireland is controlled by the British Empire, and the rest of Ireland is not. Okay, so, so it's kind of like so you you are you are aware of the fact that Scotland has its own flag. Yes. So does Wales. So does England. Correct. Northern Ireland also does because it is its own country under the United Kingdom. So there's Britain, five United you... Kingdom countries. What's the fifth? Ireland. No, Ireland is its own. Ireland thing. is not. You know. Okay, so there's always. Oh, Ireland man. is completely independent. Got it. Got it. There so were like I was right. There, there was, was like fish. a literal like war and like terrorism going on like in our lifetime in ireland or in northern ireland because of this you know that right are you watching sun still uh yeah actually so then you probably have at least some familiarity with it because what yeah season you on? i just finished season three so, so they were I, just in, they were just yeah they were just in ireland correct. yeah, yeah, right. yeah. So, so that probably taught you at least a little bit about it yeah uh, the figured fact it out yeah th things weren't things weren't always so nice and and cozy uh in ireland right. so i mean that's like the one now, I'm not. I'm not an Irish Patty's history Day, expert, so you know if if you are, and I've butchered your national history and pride, I profusely apologize. I'll, let's bring Sean on for a history lesson. You know what? We should do that, Sean. If you're listening, come on and educate us, please. <laughs> it'll, it'll it'll be a nice change up from educating everybody about judging. You can just educate us on Ireland. <laughs> who, okay, but who do you expect to be judging in Ireland? Well, it's a Bellator event. Bellator does like to bring in, you know, a couple of their guys mm -hmm. from the United States. Some of the guys they, they often use are like Eric Cologne, who worked the other day, um, Brian Miner, mm -hmm. uh, Doug Crosby. Again, these are three men who were working over there. Maybe Michael Murtha or, or David Peabody. I'm not sure if they travel for the Bellator events. Will we see someone like a, like a Ben Cartledge or a David Letheby, someone from England? I don't know. I have no idea if they've been contacted or not for that, but... You know, that would be interesting to see, too, if we get a little bit more uh, mm. work on, on one of the other North American promotions from some of the best over in England. We'll see. Right. Either way, I, you know, Bellator, they know how to put on put together judges, um, you know, with actual, like, 
real chops there. So. Better than Houston. May, are there are there going to be local judges from uh, Ireland working there too? Maybe. I'm not sure. I, I'm not as familiar with the Irish judging scene, but uh, I, I have confidence in the judging. And that does it for this episode and history lesson of the Couchside Judges. Thank you, Scott, for that. Yeah, we again, this is not like the history that you need to take. Just just go to Wikipedia. It's probably better than what I gave you. <laughs> yeah, or just go watch Jim Miller's finish again because it was fantastic. You could do that as well. We will be back again next week. Uh, we've got something maybe interesting planned that we'll you know we'll, we'll see if it comes together. But uh, thanks for listening, everybody, and have a great week. Thank you. Happy birthday, Dad. <laughs>